and it's another discussion with my good friend Ford Suze. My name is Judah McNeil, and this is Reverse Redaction. I was thinking about calling it RevDAC. What do you think? I even like RevDAC. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I Rev think Dac. I saw you do the RevDAC. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll probably just keep Reverse Redaction. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I have gotten into quite the. Uh, abbreviation phase on the internet now because it's like <laughs> all my website idea names have already been taken so it's just like one long <laughs> yeah yesvbabm the surfing violinist building a better me <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey. okay well so today we are going to talk about we're going to reverse redact or at least we're going to go back and discover some new aspects to one of our favorite shows did did you introduce it to me or we actually saw it together i think at the theater when it first came out uh, oh no no i missed the film in the theater so oh. i i got i caught up with it way late um i remember reading the blurb for serenity yeah uh in the paper you know like the the what do you call it, review and yeah. i just remember thinking that looks dumb because I, I saw yes. a trailer and i was like man that trailer the trailer looked bad the same thing here I was like, that looked, I think it was about the same time, um, wasn't, uh, what was it, uh, Underworld came out? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was thinking, oh, what, another one of these cheesy, like, sci-fi uh, genre movies, ah, no thank you. Right. You know? it, it felt like a sci-fi movie. That's what the trailer made it look like. I was like, uh, they had this voiceover. I, I, I wish I could find the trailer. The it voiceover was, that the guy did, it was like, from the brilliant mind of Joss Whedon. But the guy's voiceover was just not good. It and was so, so I, corny. It was just, corny. They just made it seem like cheap or something. And when you watch Serenity, I mean, the effects are good. Like, they're fine. They hold up 10, 15 yeah. years later. So I don't I don't know how they managed to make it look worse. Um and the movie just flopped. I mean, it yeah. got destroyed at the box office, from what I remember. Uh, but it has gone on to become I my favorite film of all time, actually. So Serenity uh, in yeah. the Firefly universe. And we go back and we watch the series over and over again. And no matter how many, there are not every single episode of Firefly was like perfect. But even the bad ones have great moments, little, you know, that even the bad ones are better than any episode of Star Trek Discovery. So mm -hmm. there, there's that. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, I haven't seen that yet. But oh. um, I I actually go back and I, I introduce it to a lot of, uh, I work with a lot of young men that, uh, you know, with, with certain difficulties and and uh, a lot of them like sci-fi like star trek star wars but they've never heard of firefly and i'm like oh oh no 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 we're not going anywhere till we start watching this show right <laughs> and uh <clears throat> yeah i i've introduced like i have some pretty uh some great memories of like watching people watch firefly for the first time Definitely. now i really don't think serenity holds up on its own without firefly i'm just going to put that out there it's it, yeah i i do understand that uh you know the beginning is a bit they have to rush so much in i don't know one of my favorite unbroken takes i mean people love you know birdman was a whole unbroken take and like yeah. not, and not really tried to be purported to be but um like for me the unbroken take that is my favorite is the first shot on serenity and mm. serenity and it's introducing every character uh there is a masked cut in this take but 
it's uh it's pretty seamless and uh yeah but i do understand there is i do understand people who do not like firefly or serenity because of its you know witty sort of uh it is an artificial way of speaking you know it is kind of like this witty there is uh, kind of a corny yeah, yeah this witty geeky meta like air to it and uh, but go ram it i like it yeah definitely and it's definitely whedon you know i mean it's yeah. it is so we in terms of his dialogue and snappiness yeah. and all that stuff but for me it i it works it, it is i i do understand it's not as as mainstream palatable i think as the star wars you know would be or you know the new iteration of star trek um but i think it is deeper than both in my opinion so. Well, and it's got a great cast and crew. Uh, Nathan Fillion has continued to be one of my favorite actors. Just his his personality as a as an actor, and I follow him on Twitter. And little, he's just such a funny, good natured guy. And it was such a good mix of people. I think that's one yes. of yes. Yeah. I would like to say this. Like I just said that it was deeper than Star Wars or Star Trek. Um, and what I mean by that is, Star Wars is deep on a philosophical, quasi religious level. Like it, it finds some things that tie a lot of worldviews from America to, uh, you know, from the West, not really America, but from the West to the East. And it, it comes out, it finds a universal place to like discuss philosophy. And so, it, and, and a certain element of religion, like, you know, Lucas kind of calls himself a Buddhist Methodist. Yeah. And, you know, so he's not really either one thing, um, but it's, that is Star Wars is Buddhist Methodism. You know, it's not, yes. it's not either or. Um, and so that, I do appreciate that part of it, but where Star Wars falls short is it, it's very, uh, Manichian, you know, it's just good and evil, you know, it's kind of, mm-hmm. uh, even more so than Lord of the Rings would be. It's just, it's very, uh, you know, dark versus light, good versus evil. Um, so it, it's hard to get political nuance. It's hard to get, uh, apply it to our world because you end up seeing, you know, it, tr- Trump is Darth Sidious or Hitler or Hitler <laughs> Hillary is Darth Sidious. So it's either, you know, it's Hitler or it's the savior, it's Satan yeah. or it's uh the Messiah, you know. So uh right. it's just very manichaean. And then the problem with Star Trek is uh, Roddenberry was a utopian progressive, you know, like he had this belief that the UN could become this, you know, wonderful thing uh, but i mean really that's just empire by another name yeah and they, you know i will say this for discovery the new one they do explore that to some degree what i appreciate about uh serenity is it takes that uh that empire motif and and comes at it from the perspective of the rebellion that's lost and malcolm reynolds and his crew i mean they're basically uh you know Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon and how a smuggler makes it in this world in which the empire has won. It's not as bad. It's not as cartoonishly bad as the empire. It's more like our government. The Republic is a lot like our government. It's what, it's what the Federation of planets and star Trek is actually, but we're getting to see what the Federation of planets and star Trek it's ugly side and it's not all good. And, you know, every now and then Star Trek will get into that, but it is this utopian sort of like, Oh, we're all great. And we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to, you know, make the world, the universe a better place. Um, yeah. It's, it's government by committee and, um, or, you know, by universality. And, and what I really, I think what you're, what you're saying 
what I agree with is not, I think what you're saying, what I hear you saying is that Star Trek had this real, like logical sort of, um, what is it? Political high, highbrow political uh, aspect to it. Star Wars had a very mystic feel to it, mystic religious, but to, but to me, and I think this is what you're saying. And I totally agree with it is serenity and firefly had such a, practical mechanic yeah um, uh political aspect to it just a real down-to-earth regular joe political aspect and it and it gets at uh it just gets at a real world application for the individual that you know you can't be part of star trek unless you're on the team you know unless you have signed off to become a member of the Republic. And again, you got to be clean. You got to be meticulous. And yeah, yes, yes. And you you have to follow all the rules. You have to become a part of the Academy. You know, you, you, it's the, the UN has become the Republic has become the empire. Now, again, it's not a cartoonishly bad empire. Uh, It's not a fascist state. Like, you know, uh, the, the dark side empire or uh you know the the third reich or something like that but it is a lot like uh what you know the the regimes that we have in power today i mean so uh anyway it just it it gets at something and especially serenity for me now what we're going to look at here today is three clips from uh two of them are from serenity and one of them is something that it, it just connected some dots in my mind that I've had a hard time trying to figure out this utopian ideal. Who do you blame for it? And right now, a lot of people in the libertarian circles, the alt-right, the classical liberal, they want to blame cultural Marxists. They want to blame the progressive Democrats. But I was just listening to this book by Patrick Newman, and Mm. it's called The Progressive Era, and it's it's by Murray Rothbard. It's a collection of his essays about the progressive era. Again, libertarian thinking uh you can find this on mises.org again a libertarian group um but what i found in this i was listening to it on audio and it was shocking to me when they made this this little revelation about where this utopian ideology that we've kind of inherited in this last hundred years where it actually came from it didn't come from left liberals or the progressive democrats it actually came from the republicans um, and they were Christian pietists who wanted to use the government uh, to do blue laws, you know, uh, prohibition, uh, all these use the public education system as a means for indoctrinating children into a Christian view of the world. Mm. That shocked me. I, I mean, I knew that there have been Christians that have had this sort of mindset. And I, you know, I mean, we've ex- experienced it with the Christian coalition, you know, focus on the family, uh, these sorts of things, but they weren't quite as as overt in their attempts to do what these people did. Like they didn't, they didn't necessarily get to the point of prohibition, you know? Um, And that started with Christians. And so there is, I think there's a danger for any people that are come from a libertarian standpoint, which Malcolm Reynolds is a libertarian, you know? I mean, I know Joss Whedon doesn't really like libertarians and there's part of him that doesn't probably like Malcolm Reynolds, but Malcolm Reynolds is a, is almost an anarchist. Oh, And, and, you know, so there is a tendency and there's a temptation for the anarchist or the libertarian to kind of side with these conservative elements because we, because, you know, the conservative seems to be like we're all frustrated with the same um, 
you know, progressive sort of cultural Marxist speech codes, safe spaces, all these kind of things. But there's a danger you go too far and you give too much power to this group. This group still exists that wants to use the state as a vehicle to change people and to force to use state force to make people better. You know, so, I mean, you think about it, there's, there's fear on the left and the progressive Democrats that you're going to get Pence praying the gay away, right? Like he's going to, he's going to force people to, to, ch to change out of their homosexual lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there is that, that danger on both sides of the coin. And what we get with serenity is this, uh, is this scene. And so we we're going to watch this the scene that shows where the packs came from, which was an actual science fiction version of, you could say, praying the gay away. In this case, it's praying the rage away, praying the anger away. Um, they've actually found a, a way to scientifically alter people's, you know, biological makeup so that they don't have to do this, uh, you know, deal with that. But there are repercussions for that, and we experience it. So I wanted to listen to these three things here. If I share my screen, will it uh, also share the audio? Yeah. Okay. All right. So here, I'll go ahead and do that. Uh, all right, here we go. Are you seeing it? Yep. Okay, cool. So this is a scene from Serenity. Uh, this is spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> all right. And for the complete visual of the clip, you can look it up on YouTube. The name is Serenity, comma, origin of the reavers uh i'll post it the video on our youtube with some of our reactions and i will also put the link in the show notes these are just a few of the images we've recorded and you can see it isn't what we thought. There's been no war here. And no terraforming event. The environment is stable. It's the PAX. The G23 Paxilon hydrochlory that we added to the air processors. It was supposed to calm the population, weed out aggression. Well, it works. The people here stopped fighting. And then they stopped everything else. They stopped going to work. They stopped breathing, talking, eating. There's 30 million people here and they all just let themselves die. I have to be quick. About a tenth of a percent of the population had the opposite reaction to the packs. Their aggressor response increased beyond madness. They have become... Well, they've killed most of us. And not just killed. They've done things. Reavers. They made them. I won't live to report this. But people have to know. We meant it for the best to make people safer. Okay, now the second one is one you haven't seen yet. Uh, oh. it's just I just uploaded it. And so it's it's talking about the formation of this pietist group. 
On the one hand, there was the Republican Party, the party of great moral ideas, dominated by pietist Yankee natives. They were post-millennial in that they believed in order for Jesus to return to earth and usher in the end of history, they must first bring about a thousand-year kingdom of God. In order to do so, they not only needed to save themselves, but also save others, even if it required state force. Thus, the pietists were hell-bent on stamping out all forms of sin, including instituting prohibition and weakening the Roman popery of the Catholic schools, along with other measures such as immigration restriction and women's suffrage, to boost the pietist vote. This paternalistic intervention on the local ethno-religious level was translated to a paternalistic intervention on the larger economic realm, such as enacting various government subsidies, tariffs, or greenback inflation. I think the important thing is they believed in order for Jesus to uh, return, they must first bring about a thousand-year kingdom of God. And then when Mal, you know, he'll say, you know, these people want to make people better. Something like that. They're going to do it again. They're going to do it again. Somewhere, somewhere, they're going to do it again. They're going to make people better. Somebody has to speak for these people. Y'all got on this boat for different reasons, but y'all come to the same place. So now I'm asking more of you than I have before. Maybe all. As sure as I know anything, I know this. They will try again. Maybe on another world, maybe on this very ground swept clean. A year from now, 10, they'll swing back to the belief that they can make people better. And I do not hold to that. So no more running. I aim to misbehave. So after watching those three clips, what I take away is like a <clears throat> just a very practical and visual um, and digestible idea of the road to hell is paved or the road yeah, to hell is paved by good intentions, right? That's exactly right. I mean, we're talking, you know, it's, I don't know, we're so conditioned to think of, and this is why I do think serenity is better uh, in a deeper, more practically practically applicable level than star wars because star wars evil looks like evil Mm. darth vader looks evil he is evil the emperor looks evil he is evil Mm. when in reality it is just like you said where people can have the best of intentions they're they're trying to make everything better but behind that person who's trying to make everything better and make other people better there is an operative who kills children it's like, and Malcolm Reynolds says to the operative, I don't kill children. He says, I do. I'm a monster. So in order to, in order to usher in that utopia, you have to have a monster behind you that you act like isn't there, you know? And the problem with that is on the opposite, there is an equal and opposite monster that, that, that's going to raise up on the other side. When you have a monster at your back, uh, forcing people to get in line, the, the people who don't want to get in line, something else is going to rise up behind them and it's going to look like reavers. It's going to be absolutely a hell you can't imagine. Mm-hmm. And so we watched Nosedive this week, which was uh, an episode of the Black Mirror 
that was rep recommended by uh, a Twitch viewer. And that that episode is just it's almost at this point not even science fiction mm -hmm. uh it's basically you know there's this universal app that looks kind of like instagram that everyone uses and every any every interaction you have you're rating somebody you know you're like five star this person and you know you swipe your your uh, uh your review of the person right and that, that actually i think that is or was a, an app in production well, and I mean, you kind of do that with Uber, right? And there's these moments that are, they're not even at this point, they're not sci-fi or satire. It's actually real. It's just reporting what's happening. Like, you know, she rates the guy good and he rates her bad as a customer, you know? Mm -hmm. So that that episode is talking about with speech, uh, what a lot of what what we're talking about here. And again, I feel like on the alt-right, the conservative side, uh, the classical liberal side, there is this tendency to think only of the neo-Puritan cultural Marxist, you know, side, the progressive Democrat with, you know, the speech codes and stuff like that. So they'll watch that episode of Nosedive and think of that. They'll think of, you know, that, well, you have to use the proper pronoun. You have to have certain speech codes. Um, how, and so I think it's easy for a progressive Democrat to watch that episode and get, you know, maybe get a little flustered thinking, oh, you know, the alt-right you know, in their their commentary, but it's not just that side that has been guilty of this in the past. Like, right. I mean, just 20 years ago, like when I was growing up, it was Christians who were doing all the speech code stuff. Mm. You know, you can't say this word. You can't say, I mean, you can't have that conversation. Uh, you can't watch that movie. You can't drink that drink. So, you know, there, this danger is across the board. And so in serenity, it's kind of hard to tell who Joss Whedon is actually pointing out. Like, is, is he pointing out, I, you know, this, it just seems like a powerful parliament, but what is their ideological backing? They're trying to remove aggression from the, uh, from the fabric of humankind. But when you do that, when you start tinkering with people, mm, I mean, well, I, you know, the, the key word in, in this is progressive. You know, right. the progressive on the right, the progressive on the left, both of exactly. them want to bring us into some new utopian idea of society that I reject. I I, I embrace all any kind of um, traditionalist sentiment in the left and in the right where we want to hold on to values you know right whether and, that be whether, whether that be uh protecting the innocent and poor or whether that be protecting uh values uh, you know traditional family values right so you know the temptation for the right is religion and family and the temptation for the left is justice and equality you know so mm -hmm. like it, but here's the, the unifying problem is that it's not that you believe in those things but you're using the government yeah and taxpayer money and let's just take taxpayer money out of it uh a feudal system because that's what this basically ends up becoming the king gets your first fruits mm -hmm. and then you know and you don't have any say how those first fruits are spent like so what's the difference between what we're living in right now and what happened five years 500 600 700 years ago in which the king gets uh, some of your some of your output and decides how it's going to be spent. Like well, and the, whether the, or not, the, I mean, just because we've split the king up into a thousand component parts, mm -hmm. but it's still the king. 
we just split them up into a thousand different parts. You know, I had a counselor once. Uh, he was a addictions. Uh, he taught addictions, and he said the worst drug is the one that you don't realize. You know, mm-hmm. is the insidious. You know, uh, uh, creep uh, of destruction to your life. And exactly. And he was talking about marijuana. He's talking about some of these. You know, other. He's even even talking about caffeine and stuff like that. Um, Absolutely, yeah. But where I was going with that is the difference between five hundred years ago, whatever, and and now is back then it was vulgar, it was obvious, it was terrible, right? It was right, it was nasty, and but now it's slick, it's beautiful, you know, it's it's insidious, and yeah, it's still a benevolent dictatorship, you know. I mean, the, and here's the thing that we tend to forget as libertarians or as you know Democrats, whichever side you're on on these things. Um, there were benef- benevolent dictators in every country. There were benevolent chiefs. There were good, mm-hmm. you know, there were good leaders who didn't just do everything terrible. You know, mm-hmm. um, they weren't just some Satan that exploited everyone. But so, you know, I what I don't what I don't understand is this idea that just because we've broken that dictatorship up into all these component parts that that necessarily makes us more free when we don't have say over over you know what's going on behind closed doors in the cia experiments that we don't know about you know there's mm-hmm. stuff that we can't see you know the really serenity is a celebration of journalism you know i mean that's what it is it's breaking a story yeah. they are citizen journalists who break a story that has been hushed up and so in that way it's a lot like all the president's men um but woodward and Bernstein breaking the story on nixon but mm-hmm. there's so many stories now in which the press has become complicit and hiding um you know and and they're not really doing this digging through the muck to find out well maybe maybe digging through the muck is the wrong word like you said it's more like getting past the propaganda you know, and it's very difficult to do this because it's all so pretty. Everything, you know, we live in a makeup culture. And comfortable. I think the key word that just came to me is is very comfortable. It's It yeah. gives us a lot of what, whereas 500 years ago, it was painful. You know, right. there was a lot of pain. And let, let's be honest, it, there, there was a lot less, uh, you know, practical freedom. You know? Right. Definitely. True. Uh and there was a, there was much more strain on the human body and 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 life, but um, but yeah, it's it's a lot more comfortable now, and 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 that's what I think serenity really shows poignantly is oh they you know a lot of them they, they go around saying a lot of these people look like they're they're comfortable like they're they fell asleep or something exactly, like that. and that's why to me it's such a powerful myth <laughs> because you know. I'd love for us one day to talk about uh, Brave New World. You know, that, mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite sci-fi of all time. And this is getting at the PAX is basically like a mixture of Soma in the, in the Brave New World and something else. Like it, it actually just, yes, it makes you feel comfortable. If that's not a perfect uh, metaphor for what has happened, it doesn't matter where you are in the political spectrum. We're all very comfortable, you know, we, in the, in the West. Mm-hmm. We have air conditioning. We have heating. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to break a sweat from dawn to dusk. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 
Yeah, I was and, just thinking about that. It's it's like it's been like below zero here in Chicago, and I barely notice because I go from my house to my car to the building to my car to the house again. You want to talk about a literal bubble? It's the mm. way that we live in the West. You know, we talk about economic bubbles. Well, we have comfort bubbles mm. that just shield us from the reality of pain. So you know, there. Are, I, I really think serenity with the the scene in which. Uh, Malcolm Reynolds decides to go to war, he has to go through hell, basically, in order to find the truth. They have to go through hell. Mm -hmm. And the only way we're going to, and it's really not an action movie in that sense. Again, it is an uncovering. It's, it's reverse redacting what the parliament has done. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's un, uncovering a smoking gun, whistleblowing uh, what, has, what has been done to just kind of make this comfortable world the only way we get through that is not by storming the gates of hell with a with a cannon you know or, or with violence but with revealing the truth you know and the truth is the government has and special interest groups have been complicit in this you know this unholy alliance in which they try to force people to be better you know whether it be better in speech you know i mean it's frustrating to me that Christians were the ones behind the public education system, which seem, and everyone is just such a believer in public education. You know, my, uh, my kids are in school now and I'm teaching at a school and I'm seeing all the limitations. Um, and, I, you know, I'm hoping that the internet can help us find another way to do this in this mm -hmm. next 20, 30 years that we're no longer dependent on the state. There were no, because here's the problem with being dependent on the state uh, you are not autonomous anymore. You, and you start to see how you're just manufacturing. It's like that scene in Pink Floyd's The Wall where people are just being, are little, on a conveyor belt just being, you know, manufactured, basically. Mm -hmm. That we're just, we're just cogs in the machine, you know, just mm -hmm. to be, we're just to be, subservient malleable voices in corporations or not voices but just uh, worker drones in corporations and in the state or in the church you know whatever whatever you're just a drone in whatever one of those three things that you pick you know mm -hmm. now i don't want to be a luddite but i'd be i'd urge caution as to ho putting our hope in the internet as i believe uh, it's, it's, it's going to be largely controlled by government, you know, this, well, mm, mm, I don't know. I, I still think it's free enough at this point. Um, you know, I think what, you know, one of my goals in 2018 is to, is to start untethering myself to centralizing mechanisms. Uh, so I am tethered to Adobe. I'm tethered to Microsoft. I am tethered to Facebook and Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, and to Google. I want to untether myself. I want to go to Linux. I want to go to Tor. You know, I want to have, be able to have uh, eventually, you know, 2018 is probably not going to happen, but eventually have my own server, be, be able to connect peer to peer, you know, without anybody else. Because, you know, there is this misconception. I didn't even know this, but Tim Berners-Lee brought, he ushered in the innovation of the World Wide Web. Well, that's not all the internet is. A lot of people think the internet is Facebook. You know, a yeah. lot of people think the, the internet is an app. A lot of people think the internet is Google, but that's that's like, you know, a corporation set up on top of a protocol, set up on top of another protocol, set up on top of another protocol. 
the mm. internet is the capacity for anyone to connect peer to peer without even the World Wide Web intermediating. Mm. You know, you don't even have to go to Tim Berners Lee's innovation in order to use the internet. Mm. So I think the more that we can decentralize, it's like the character in Serenity says, no one stops the signal, Mal. Like mm. we're in a world where one person sending out a signal, like that guy was more powerful than parliament. You know, he, he, he created his own little server there and, you know, he's like the signal goes everywhere and I, and I go everywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. So there, there is an opportunity. It's not too late for us to take back our internet and, you know, it's not taking back your internet. It's not going to happen because you hashtag save the internet, hashtag net neutrality, you know, <laughs> petition the FCC to be your middleman. Like you really want the FCC, the parliament operative to be on your side. I'm like, no, no, you need to find a way to connect peer to peer. You need to make yeah. your own server. You need to uh, get out of this dependence because mm -hmm. when you're dependent, then you're giving more power. You're ceding more power to the king. You're ceding, ceding more power to the Republic or to the empire or to the Federation of planets. Mm -hmm. So in order to be truly autonomous, you, you have to take some of the stuff back. And that means learning something. And that means going, that means, like you said, experiencing pain, uh, being willing to experience discomfort. And, you know, if need be, uh, and that's why that scene at the end is so great. I aim to misbehave. Mm -hmm. it, all of them, they came there for different reasons. They were mainly greedy. They were mainly wanting to get, you know, have the government off their back, just take my life, take my land, you know, but, I'm still going to the sky. You're, you're not going to take the sky from me. I'm, 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 uh, I'm going out to sea here, you know, and mm -hmm. where there are no borders, when there are no rules. And, uh, but they decide to risk their lives. Even Jane for crying out loud, even Jane decides to risk his life to get this truth out. Yeah. And, uh, and that's going to require pain and and that that's the problem with autonomy is it requires you standing on your own two feet not being subsidized yeah and uh oh i had a thought there it escaped me but uh, the the idea of going oh going off the grid you know like th it is true that most of firefly is about this tension in mal in the whole group between going off the grid and helping people right you yes you can't totally off the you can't Total, go totally off the grid and still be a force of change and help. Right. Uh, and, and, and I think it shows that. And so serenity is a perfect culmination of this struggle in this little group yes. where they realize, all right, we're no, we're not, we, we can't, we're no longer at the edges, you know, helping at the edges. We're going to the heart of it and right. they bring, they bring the whole, fight right down the throat I, I thought that's still one of my favorite scenes of yes, all time me too dude like <laughs> like when <laughs> just the look on the operative's face when they come out of that ion cloud like i oh, that's man. just someone shoot like I <laughs> love that. like that honestly that and this is an ironic like comparison but that and in how to train your dragon when the the night fury versus the lumbering dragon like that to me is the metaphor for our time, both of these scenes, because the the state, the bureaucracy, the corporation, they are lumbering, they are not nimble. And serenity isn't even firing a thing. They're just navigating. They are dancing <laughs> through uh, this crossfire. And it's just such a brilliant metaphor. Yeah. Um, 
because the chickens are coming home to roost, baby. Like yeah. the hell that you created is going to come and destroy you. So. Well, let's talk about that really quick. Let's talk about the Reavers. Yeah. Because it is interesting. You know, we, you and I have talked before about the beauty of uh, such gross, uh, to me, such unappealing memes such as Pink Guy and, uh, you know, some of these uh, YouTubers. Well, he's retired. He's retired, by the way. So well, Pink you- Guy, yeah, he had to. He Don't had to. Frank. Yeah, no, so Filthy he, Frank isn't necessarily. No, no, he did. Yeah, he no, did. He did. Okay. Yeah, he made official statement on his Twitter that he Filthy Frank, Pink Guy, uh, all the other characters in that that universe. Uh, Joji think, is officially quitting comedy. So, well, but I think it's because I read somewhere that he had some kind of like a uh, he because of all these things he would do. Uh, it would really put a strain on his esophagus, and yes. he says, yeah, and, he screamed a lot. Well, in his yeah. filthy Frank voice, I'm sure even doing that thing, oh, man, was messing his throat up. So yeah, no, he's officially done, and uh, I wish him I, all the best because I think he's he's. A have genius. you have you ever heard any of his music? His real music, like it's uh, called Joji. Yeah. Uh, well, I know I've heard him as Pink Guy, uh, the Pink Season or whatever it was called. The uh, he released. Um, he, so I, I listened to some of that, and he has a real he has a real band called Joji. I think. Oh, okay. No, I haven't heard his new. Yeah, I, I needed to check that because the Pink Guy stuff was <laughs> extremely crass. And, but okay, uh, so with the extremely crass, I do believe. That uh, when you talk about there will be reavers, you know, uh, created there, that is what I'm seeing. You you see people like uh, the Pauls, right? Logan Paul, like, so that's not as, I mean, it's still repulsive. It's not as crass, but it's, I I don't know. I think a lot of people would say it's still very crass, but it's not. Crass on a social level, crass on a just public decency level, like. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, what he did with the Japanese four, I, in a way, like I think that will kind of go down as one of the most interesting things of. Well, did it happen this year? Yeah, we started 2018 on a bang. Yeah, with, with that, that stupid thing. But 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 yeah. I I think what it, what all this um real comfortable helpful, uh Google Nation stuff is creating. It's mm. creating people that uh, that are getting attention because they're just raw and well a great example of that you know and this is why joji and idubs and uh max mofo have all kind of you know drifted towards each other because they're all on the same they're all in the same vein like i don't think any of them are necessarily alt right maybe max mofo is but uh, joji is not i think he's much more on the liberal uh, you know, progressive Democrat kind of side, but Absolutely. when you listen to him, he's—I mean, he is just like as offensive to them as he is to anyone else. And it's just this this frustration with being told you can't say these things. And so I dubs—I mean, he says words that you know would drive a progressive Democrat nuts. Yeah. Um, but and then how to basic? I think how to basic is the, is again, and the, all these people formed on their own, like they weren't. They didn't come together ahead of time and say, hey, we're going to we're going to get big and we're going to do it by exploiting this this frustration felt by teenagers about being told what to say. You know, so like uh, how to basic. It's just a middle finger to the tutorial video video. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, it, when you watch it, it's just it is just this angst. that's just like, Gah! I'm just so tired of this sort of prefab. Oh, what do you call it? Uh not just tutorial videos or or um 
haul videos and makeup videos and mm-hmm. you know beauty videos and just all this just mm-hmm. nice neat you know everything he's just gonna throw an egg on it and pee on it you know so yeah i think and joji had an interview it's really interesting i didn't read listen to the whole thing but it was the needle drop uh the internet's biggest video or music nerd Hmm. Uh, he's a great if you're into listening to music does some great reviews Uh, they did an interview and joji said one of his biggest inspirations on the internet was newgrounds and newgrounds is just i mean it's just so much of it's despicable you know i mean whether you're a conservative what is newgrounds help me help i don't know so it was an animation sort of website like it was a place almost like a message boards kind of structure i guess when you could make your own animations and um there was a lot of interactive sort of flash based cartoons and stuff like that and this mm. stuff was soft core sometimes pseudo pornographic oh. uh very extremely violent and gross and just distasteful mm. and and joji loved this and, and again yeah and again it was like it was something that would af- offend the left and right equally like i mean mm. you would have christian conservatives uh, scandalized and you would have progressive Democrats scandalized and mm. and like and so it does remind me you know spoiler again the end of this episode of Black Room uh, season three uh, it's got Bryce Dallas Howard in it it's called Nosedive at the end of it it just ends she ends up in a jail cell and in this other jail cell next to her is this guy and they just they just start cussing each other out because every the speech codes dominate your life not because of political correctness but because everyone is trying to get a good rating on this app so Mm. so they just they let loose this flurry of profanity and it's it just seems so gratifying like i mean you're just like the fu has taken on the whole new meaning it's Mm. it's actually become uh, i love you like what they're actually saying there is i love you and i respect your ability just tell me to f off like that's what it's saying like it's interesting just, yeah and that's what Newgrounds is that's what i dubs filthy frank max mofo um and how to basic are they're basically just like no we have to be able to talk yeah well thank you all right oh were you getting that <laughs> feedback yeah my bad that's all right i should have said something that's all right it was it was pretty quiet but so the question is for me and you, well, I don't know. Let's, let's say, if, you know, I can only speak for myself. Question to you for me is how do I engage? How do I, how do I, how can I be, I guess, how can we be Mal and not be the Reavers? You know, like I, I do respect the Reavers role. I do respect these crass uh, uh, YouTubers, these crass meme memers, I do respect their role, but I don't necessarily want to join into that. I don't want to join into that. Yeah, so that is a good question. So there's a couple things here. First of all, um, I think uh, the Reavers, they are, are, what do you, what do you, they're cultural Reavers. They're not literal Reavers, and that's the important thing. So Mm -hmm. I think we want to draw attention to the cultural Reavers who are doing God's work, whether you believe in God or not, but like, and then that's become a meme on Twitch. Everyone says God bless now. Like, really? not even don't believe in God, but it's just it's become like this thing. Like, it, it is just more of a Godspeed. You know, it's just wishing each other well. Hmm. So these people are doing God's work, and by tearing down this this hypocrisy, this this fakeness that masquerades as righteousness. You know, 
And so cultural reavers, like we want to find those. And that's why, you know, I loved H3 for, for the longest time. Like they were just cathartic, you know, watching H3 just, just destroy some of this just fakeness on YouTube. You know, Mm -hmm. YouTube has just become the biggest, most fake thing ever. And it's amazing that 2017 was the rise of H3 HD on YouTube, but 2017 also proved to be the worst YouTube rewind ever. And, you know, it's just so fake, so plastic, so artificial, so hypocritical. Um, So I think we want to kind of be champions of those people that are the cultural reavers um, to a degree, but, you know, hold them, you know, accountable too. you know, you don't want to just destroy, but because the great thing about those cultural reavers is they're making something. Idubs makes something. Uh, Max Mofo makes something. I mean, and, and Filthy Frank makes something. And Joji, you know, he's moving on to something else. So we want to kind of support them as they do new stuff and see where their brains take us. Um, the other thing is we have to be careful for all of us who, all of us, whether our values are more democratic, progressive, or conservative or libertarian. And I think all three of those are different things. I think there's too many alt-right that are assuming that they are libertarians, but no, you're actually kind of conservative. So in a different way, you know, whatever, you know, like how do you even define some of this stuff? It's so confusing because we we end up agreeing on certain things, but disagreeing on other things. But for me, I have a, I'm come from a conservative background. I'm more conservative morally. Like uh, I've quit watching porn. So, you know, 10 years or so porn free and I hate porn. I think it's, I think it's one of the most debilitating things. Mm. However, I do not think it should ever be prohibited ever. Mm. Like, I, I think that that is one of the things that if we make that step, that we will be playing the part of the parliament, forcing the packs on people. Like I want, well, I want to define prohibited though, define prohibited, a prohibited socially or prohibited by law, like either one of those things. Like I do not want, because in, in nosedive, it's not prohibited by law to say bad things and say the F word, mm-hmm. but the app mm-hmm. prohibits it interpersonal, you know, culturally it's prohibited. And so mm-hmm. I think even that just saying, you know, if, if someone can't be honest that they watch porn, then I think we're in a, in a dangerous place. I don't want people to be socially uh, Mm, nudged. You know, I want people to make that choice themselves intrinsically. I want to try to persuade them why I've come to this conclusion. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I think porn will ever go away? You know, I don't know, but we can't, if you try to make it happen, then you're, Mm -hmm. you have a utopian ideal. No, I like, yeah, that's just dangerous. Parenthetically, one of the biggest losers in uh, this whole uh, net neutrality thing was porn. Oh, really? Yeah, because they take up so much bandwidth with their streaming videos. Pornhub and and some of these others, like they were the they were such a they were a huge vocal. Uh, they're uh, vocally against the. Well, I guess you know everybody was sort of in the limelight was against the. Um, Net neutrality, but it's because you know, band, it, it, net neutrality is about bandwidth. You're able to, you have, you have to pay more for more bandwidth. Right. Yeah, uh, you know, we had this debate one time. Like, I was, I was teaching, I was teaching a public school, and we got in this little debate with some of the teachers who were a little more uh, progressive. And so they were. T- one of the guys was saying that nudity should be on, like, it should be allowed to be on public television, like you know, the the, the main four, and. Uh, and to me, I was like, it, it was almost like saying, well, the government should provide a safe space 
for not only water, you know, like let's have a public works with water, but you need to have beer on tap as well. We should all get beer on tap at our house. You know, like there's no, there's no uh, like petitioning the FCC to have your porn bandwidth not screwed up. Like that to me is, that's to me is the height of comfort uh, subsidy. Like if, if you like porn that much, again, make your own server. Why do you have to, why do you always have to depend on somebody else to do this stuff for you? Mm-hmm. Like, so I think there is this, this notion, cause I like something, cause I want to mainline binge watch Netflix that I should be able to do that at the lowest cost possible. And the government should make that easy for me. What? No, you make mm-hmm. it easy for you. Like mm-hmm. study code. Like you want to make it like, like Netflix isn't your God. Netflix isn't the government. Mm-hmm. Like they're a company. Like, stand on your own two legs for crying out loud so there is this this notion that just because it's just this entitled i attitude that what i like is my freedom no no so but by the same token i i don't i mean i think people should be able to petition for what they like i don't want to yeah but i don't want to prohibit yeah but but by by i don't want to prohibit them well they can't yeah i mean if they want to stay locked to the king, okay, but I mean, like, but quit calling it something else. What you're saying is your king has to provide for you, and mm-hmm. instead of just providing you safety and security, he should also provide you air conditioning and porn and food and mm-hmm. drugs. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like this is this is paternalism to a new level. Like, oh yeah, you know, fight back against the patriarchy, but not the paternalism. Apparently, mm-hmm. you know, like that's just going to provide you with everything. That mm-hmm. that's not. That is not empowering. That's not autonomous. Right. That's not free. So again, like a lot of this is going to be uncomfortable when we try to figure out how to, how to untether ourselves from the things that make our lives easier. Yeah. Um, and so many corporations are involved in that. Um, but again, we've done it before. We untethered ourselves from AOL. Like, I think yeah. we can untether ourselves from Facebook and from Netflix. Oh, it's going to happen. You know? It's just a matter of when. But I guess... I really want to pin you down on this. What? Because right. it kind of sounds when I when I ask you about the Reavers, about mm. the memers, about the iDubs and them. What I kind of heard you say is, uh, we you know support them. It sounded like you know we need to consume. You know, we, as consumers, we need to watch. What What do we do as creators? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. I think. Um, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think we want to find a third path between what maybe knee-jerk exploitative, you know, like you could almost think of a lot of these reactions as almost like an exploitation of the frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some middle path between that and total mainstream acceptable, you know, vanilla entertainment. And so I think that's where, for me, you know, reading Philip K. Dick uh, is is more enlightening or challenging than just constantly consuming star Wars. You know, it's why, so, I mean, we, I think we need to continue to challenge ourselves just not to get sucked into the fandom culture on the one side, which you could almost think is more conservative because it's just, it's just uh, easy. You know, it's easy to consume. It's easy to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on the other side, like, thinking that you're countercultural because you like something that is, you know, reaver territory, you know? Mm -hmm. So like finding some way to tell a new myth that 
that can get some of these ideas through without being an a-hole um mm -hmm. and without you know and i think that was the genius of star wars is that you know he was able to communicate uh some interesting philosophy uh to people all over the world uh genius of star trek get some real i mean star trek especially next generation really get some great sci-fi thing you know science things in there you know there's mm -hmm. there's just it's a love of science and just some kind of nerdy stuff not just geeky stuff like nerdy uh or i don't know however you define those two things but the the really technical stuff that mm -hmm. psycho uh not psychobabble but technobabble that's actually mm -hmm. rooted in some uh reality you know physics and math so logic yeah you know so that all of them have had their place but you know i think it's time for some new sci-fi some new fiction that we try to you know tread the line between mainstream and countercultural you know that mm -hmm. um find ways to uh, communicate that to to broader people i think uh i think what i hear you saying is we we have to find a third way uh but we i i think we need to derive courage from the reavers right right yeah. courage the fact that well, okay that i'm not gonna go that far but that far exists right and right. I, it's gonna right. drag me a little bit further that way uh and, and I, but but still maintain decency and beauty right and so it's just trying to find out like why are these people so mad so frustrated so depressed um and i'm not talking necessarily about idubs here i'm talking more about like the accelerationists so they're mm. this group that that uh you know they they're into this this music called crypt i'm still trying to figure out something you listen to this music it's some of the most depressing thing you can possibly imagine it's like if you you know distilled radiohead through the the distillation of uh or if you brewed radiohead in the distillation of lovecraft like you mm -hmm. end up with this this stuff like musically and then they're writing it's these weird little poems on twitter that's just oh man i it just feels like this nihilism but there's something in them there's this frustration with just some of this this hypocrisy and uh mainstream you know i don't know geek culture and stuff like that they're getting at something and again like finding a way to maybe take some of those ideas and say well what can we make what mm. can we make to get out of this, you know, this dystopian environment. Like, oh, we're not trying to make a utopia here that mm -hmm. creates another dystopia, you know? So, but what can we learn, you know, from the frustrations that you guys are having with this? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and yeah, just not just not to run the other way. I think that that's happened so often is, you know, yeah. on the left, they just run away from 4chan. Um, and on the right, we run away from new grounds, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Like we just have to find find out why these frustrations are there, and people are resorting to, uh, you know, cultural and religious nationalism on one hand, or this, you know, justice, uh, progressive culture on the other. Um, yeah. All right. So we need to dig in, dig into yeah. this stuff, and. Uh, and I think the thing that will keep us on level and decency and constructive uh, will be discussion like this. Yeah, you know? 
then we do need to have more broad discussions with people we disagree with. But I think it's almost like we need to work our way there because, you know, if I were to have a discussion with Joss Whedon tomorrow, I mean, Joss is so like vehement on Twitter right now. Like you can't have a conversation with him just like you couldn't. Well, I mean, you probably can't have a conversation with me right now either. I'm, I'm still not out of, out of my own frustrated woods, but I feel like we've got to get to the point where we can come to the table, you know, uh, feminist frequency and, uh, and a red pill on the, actually being able to have a discussion without throwing something at each other. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but we, we need to get there. And so I think, you know, part of this is, yeah. And do it, do it without trying to leverage the law to make us do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and like you said, without, uh, do it uh, organically and naturally w- without forcing each other to do it. Right. 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 Even outside of the law, like like not not um, uh, cowtailing each other to do it. Right. Yeah. Just trying to find ways to dignify one another as a human being, um, because I think, you know, I think Anita Sarkeesian is a human being. I think Joss Whedon is a human being. And jo- I mean, Joss has made my favorite movie, you know, like, yeah. I mean, we have at least that much in common. I don't I, I really I would almost just love to sit down and watch it with him. Yeah. Um, because my favorite, my favorite commentary on audiovisual content of all time is Joss Whedon talking about objects in space, the final episode of Serenity, which, hmm. you know, I, oof, it's hard a, for me. A firefly. Yeah, a firefly. It it's hard for me. I mean, I might like that as much as Serenity. I don't know. Like hmm. that that one is just so deep to me. It has so much meaning to me. Hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, it's a perfect little piece of art for me. Um, I would love just to sit down and hear Joss Whedon talk about serenity from beginning to end, just like he, you know, talked about, um, and actually he did and, but it would be cool, kind of cool to do it live. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. We're doing it live. <laughs> All right. Well, we're not doing it live. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I gotta go. And, uh, Hey, I was thinking and yeah, outro so, or not an outro, a, a farewell that we sign gave off. you a sign off. Uh, well, it's more of a farewell. farewell. Um, get to work. There's a lot to build. We say that to each other. Get to work. There's a lot to build. Make your own myth. There we go. All right. Well, get to work. There's a lot to build. Make your own. What, what should it be like? Use one of us says like that's the response. Make oh. your own myth. Well, okay. Yeah. Ooh. And then so like whoever starts it, the other person has to respond. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, I like that. Get to work. There's a lot to build. Yes. Make your own myth.